This is Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. The views and opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily those of this station. Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO on VOCM. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Your Money with Nancy Snedden. I am Nancy Snedden. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Well, on today's show, it's New Year's a time many of us associate with making a fresh start. And it's also a time when many will make a New Year's resolution. So for more than a decade, surveys have shown that the top resolution of Canadians is to improve their financial health by paying down debt. So is that your resolution? If so, you may want to rethink this because as we know, resolutions are hard to keep. And instead of making it a resolution, you may want to consider putting in place a 2023 financial plan and setting financial goals for the year ahead. So our guest today has some advice on how you can do just that. She's a certified financial counselor, sought after speaker, a passionate money educator, and host of the podcast, Collective Wealth. The focus of the podcast, of course, is to help you build a better relationship with your money. She's also the founder of Wolf Collective Wealth. Stephanie Wolf, thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, thank you, Nancy. I'm really happy to be here. Yes, I, uh, as you said, my name is Stephanie Wolf, and I am the founder of Wolf Collective Wealth. And while I'm an accredited financial counselor, I do like to call myself a wealth coach. <clears throat> yeah, I love that. I love uh, the thought of coaching. Yeah, well, I started the company um, after spending almost two decades in financial services. And I recognized that women in particular, actually, they were looking for a better way to achieve financial clarity and and set goals and uh, really invest with confidence. And so my goal uh, with the company and through the podcast and everything else and and social media exposure is really to inspire and motivate and educate when it comes to money in, in a very relatable and sometimes fun way. Um, And I like to say you can think of me as your your BFF, your best financial friend. Uh, (laughs) I love that. I love that. Yeah, it's important, right, that people feel that connection. We've talked about that before on the show when you're looking for someone as a financial advisor or someone to coach you through um, some financial difficulty. It's important that you build that connection and trust, right? So I I really Mm -hmm. like that you're trying to inspire people and and work with them um, in a way that that works for them. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So the focus of the show today, as we said, is is the new year, right? And and really looking at what financial goals you can set for yourself. And as we said, many people set resolutions and we want people to get away from sort of seeing it as a resolution and, and many resolutions we know by February are over and done, right? And really look at it as a fulsome plan that they're setting for themselves for 2023. So for more than a decade, based on CIBC's annual survey, paying down debt and improving one's financial health really does top the list of what's important for people as they start a new year. But as we said, we know that with resolutions, 80% fail within six weeks. So that's why instead of making the resolution, we want people to consider implementing a 2023 financial plan and really put some focus on their financial goals. And I think with everything that we've seen in the economy over the last 12 to 18 months, Stephanie, it's probably more important than ever in 2023 that people are really focused on this. So how important is a financial plan when it comes to one's overall financial health? Oh, it's so important. And I love that we're, we're starting with this topic because, um, first of all, what I'll say is getting a financial game plan together is probably the best way to start at the beginning of the year. But it's, it's depressing when you hear those stats around setting New Year's resolutions. And I just love this idea of that, that new year, new me kind of vibe. But we have to really put some parameters in place to make sure that we don't fall off with it. But uh, like you said, 2023 is going to be, I think, a very interesting financial year for many. So, you know, as a wealth coach, 
something that I do um, every day is supporting clients to actually reach their goals, right? Because we do know that setting goals um, without putting any sort of parameters in place to help you succeed, it means they're likely not going to happen, right? Uh, so there's two, first, I'd like to take a step back and just say there's two big reasons why setting financial goals in particular, why they typically fail. The first is that we tend to live in the present, which means that we typically underestimate how much we need to save for retirement. And sometimes we take on too much debt living in that YOLO sort of you only live once mentality. Uh, and the second is that we are naturally as humans optimistic. So we ignore or we downplay uh, the extent to which bad things are going to happen. So therefore we may not be setting enough savings aside for an emergency or perhaps not considering life insurance, et cetera. And this makes sense, right? And uh, it happens because sometimes it can seem like a sacrifice to do anything with your money that would delay instant gratification that means humans have been so hardwired to seek out. So with all that in mind and that said, what I like to encourage people to do when they're gearing up for their financial plan or putting together like a, a set of goals for the year is to reflect first on the why, right? Your personal why. What is the reason that you want to make this change happen? Um, and it may not even be a change. Uh, it could be, as, you know, I, I want to make 2023 my best financial year yet. So put the reason why. So maybe it's, uh, you know, you want to give your children a better future. Uh, maybe you want to improve your overall quality of your lifestyle. So once you have that reason why, go even deeper. Uh, and I encourage people to connect to the emotion that they would like to feel when they achieve that end goal. Imagine achieving that goal. What does it feel like? Write that down. Um, I think this is really crucial because you can, you know, as you're taking action and committing to a lifestyle change, it doesn't happen out of sheer willpower, right? It's not mind over matter. It happens when you have your personal values, goals, and emotions um, that, are, uh, that you can draw upon to keep you going. Um, and actually, you know, just two more things that I would like to add for the listeners today is to remember to that as you're going about doing this, please do not compare yourself to others when it comes to your financial situation. This is a really important point that I would just like to get across because personal finance is personal, right? So we've all taken different journeys. We all have different experiences of where, where we're at with our financial situation. Um, so just focus on yourself, right? And secondly, if you have made poor financial decisions in the past, don't let that hinder your future self, okay? Uh, forgive the mistake, learn from it, but forgive yourself and start again. Uh, that's, that's what I would say for as you get started and gearing up for financial planning and goal setting. Yeah, I love that. I, I tell people all the time, you know, not to listen to you know, what happened to someone else or the way that they dealt with someone, something or the advice that they got from a financial advisor may not be the same advice for you because every single mm -hmm. person's situation is completely different. So, so, so important that you're focused on your individual uh, situation and not necessarily comparing yourself um, to others in a positive or negative way, really. It, it really mm -hmm. just needs to be about you. I think that is so, so important. Mm -hmm. It can be hard to remember that too. I'll just say that it works for me 
opposite way if you think about that keeping up with the Joneses too as well. Absolutely. And I think social media has made that even more and more prevalent, right, as we know. Mm-hmm. So, Well, we know, Stephanie, that there's a recession looming, right? And many households are really feeling financially strapped, and including many of those here in Newfoundland and Labrador. In fact, a recent poll has found that more than a quarter of Canadians feel they won't be able to financially weather a recession. So one in five at 20% say they won't be able to withstand an economic downturn for more than a month. And we know the recession is going to last much longer than that. And some say their financial situation is already in dire straits and would be desperate amid an onset of a recession. Just over one third at 38% say that they will be able to weather a recession for six months, but not much longer. And one third at 34% believe they can emerge from a recession unscathed. These respondents were most likely to be 55 years of age or older and have an income of at least $100,000. So how concerning is what you're hearing in these surveys? Yeah, it's very concerning. And unfortunately, um, I'm not that surprised to hear this. I think we've been seeing these trends as it relates to Canadians and their money for some time. Um, And, uh, you know, in particular, I would say the last couple of years have been extremely difficult. You know, inflation has really impacted us this year. You know, the, the decrease in purchasing power, rising mortgage and rental rates, which means less money going towards savings and investing. And my biggest concern as we step into 2023 is that not only are we going to continue to experience the financial challenges that we saw in 2022, but this, you know, recessions typically result in decreased wages, uh, you know, less, less, less employment opportunities, job loss, um, and other problems that stem from that, which results in, you know, payment defaults, et cetera. So I am concerned to hear this, and these stats are, are it's, it's not encouraging. No, it's not. And, you know, certainly not optimistic financial forecasts as we begin a new year. But, you know, it's important for our listeners to really take stock about where they stand financially. And we're going to hear from Stephanie on that when we come back. Please stay with us. Join us for On Target, one hour in which Linda Swain examines topics that mean the most to you. On Target, weekday afternoons at 1 on your VOCM. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money here on VOCM. I'm your host, Nancy Snedden, Licensed Insolvency Trustee with BDO Canada here in Newfoundland and Labrador. My guest today is Stephanie Wolf. She's the founder of Wolf Collective Wealth. And Stephanie is a certified financial counselor, sought-after speaker, a passionate money educator, and host of the podcast, Collective Wealth. So we were talking before the break, Stephanie, about the importance of really putting together a, a financial plan. And I think the most important part of that is really taking stock of where you stand today financially. And we know with high inflation and interest rates rising, household debt levels are increasing. So what advice can you share with listeners about adjusting their personal finances to cope? Mm-hmm. Well, I definitely agree that it's important to know where you stand financially. But uh, honestly, I think right now with inflation, it's going to be hard to gauge where you've been impacted the most and, and what needs to change. Um, so the first thing that I would say that you need to do is to identify exactly where it is that you're spending money and where you need to cut back. So one option and how to do that is to make that, that monthly list of what's coming in, what's going out, right? Uh, and I would say start with your net income, after-tax income, look at your fixed uh, household expenses and everything else that's coming out listed all out. And I would say compile that for about three months. Um, This is essentially going to help you track sort of what the average is, what's going out in monthly expenses. And you'll be able to very quickly pinpoint uh, where there's going to be discrepancies and where you might need to make some changes. 
so that works fine. But um, if you're more curious about, you know, how inflation has really impacted your expenses, the best solution is to take the first four months of spending from 2021 and line it up against the last four months of spending um, that you've had in 2022 uh, and then see where there's differences. So likely you're going to see a rise in you know, gas and electricity prices and, and probably food, but where else do you see it? You know, And what can you cut back on or make adjustments? So it takes a bit of work, but I, you know, I promise you that this, is, this gives you that peace of mind and that starting point. You're going to know exactly where you stand, and it's going to help you make informed decisions about the next steps that you need to take. So, you know, at the end of the day, we know that there's only so much you can do in terms of cutting back, right, when it comes to expenses. So perhaps it might be time uh, to think about either a second job or turning one of those unique skill sets into to earning potential. So gig economy is still going strong. And, um, you know, I, I think of a company like Fiverr. I don't know if, you know, listeners have heard of this, but it's perfect uh, for those who can offer services on the side, like translation or graphic design, for example. So if you're not interested in a second job, uh, then now um, might be the time to discuss a potential raise with your current employer or uh, start looking for another role, another position where you can transfer those skills and you can earn more. So, of course, I think at the end of the day, Nancy, like we said at the top, personal finance is personal and uh, you always do what's right for you. Um, but the first step is really critical and that's just knowing where you stand financially. Yeah, knowledge is power, right? So the first step mm-hmm. in really figuring out where you are gives you that knowledge, that power to, to be able to make a plan. So, Stephanie, one of the posts that I read, you pointed out the five money mistakes to avoid. So if you want to build wealth, here are the sort of five things that you want to to watch out for. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about them. So you talk about, you know, paying too much fees, not knowing money fundamentals, believe big purchases require debt, not understanding your credit score and YOLO, Y-O-L-O mindset. So what can you tell us about these? Yes. So building wealth is super important. Uh, that's I'm a huge advocate for investing and building your wealth for the future. And what I'll say is the first one off the top is paying too much in fees. That is one that I see time and again uh, as I work with clients. Canadians still to this day pay the highest uh, <laughs> mutual fund fees in the world, which is shocking, I think, for some people to hear this, but it's the absolute truth. So the first thing that I would say five money mistakes to avoid is if you um, if you are working with a financial advisor, I believe in the value of advice, but it's very important to have transparency on the fees that you are paying. Um, so maybe that's the, the first step in financial goal setting for 2023 is to make an appointment with your financial advisor and have a discussion about that. If you are a self-directed investor, maybe now is the time to take a look at your portfolio and review everything there and make sure that you're not um, paying too much in terms of fees for, for whether it be trading, et cetera. Uh, the second one is to know the money fundamentals. And this is just, just basic information. You, you said, Nancy, knowledge is power. 100% agree with that. If there's an area, you know, it's really interesting because we're not, they're, they're coming around now and they're starting to teach, you know, personal finance in high schools, which is great. But for many of us, it's not something that, that comes naturally or we've taught or somebody showed us. So really important to take ownership of that yourself and, and seek out ways to learn more. Uh, believing big purchases require debt. This one is is a big one, and you know, oftentimes we think about as we, especially as we move into uh, 2023 with the recession looming, 
making a car purchase right now with a high debt, for example, taking on a loan may not be the greatest idea. So this is something where that delayed gratification really plays in. <laughs> and um, it does require a little bit of sacrifice to put money aside. It is possible. It is possible to make large purchases by saving over time. And, you know, using cash or that's probably the best way. So I would say that's, that's a big um, mistake that people make. Not understanding your credit score. Uh, your credit score is very important um, for building your wealth because it will give you access to uh, loans that perhaps have less interest rate over time. It gives you more access to funding in the future. So this is just something to keep in mind and keep an eye on your credit score. And YOLO mindset. <laughs> this is... Uh, you only live once is what the acronym stands for mindset. And uh, this is something that many humans are, um, uh, you know, subscribed to, to living. And I understand it, but it is also it's the piece that's impacted the most is typically the finances because we're not saving for the future self. We're investing for our future self. We're really just living in the moment and accepting things as they come. So that's really not a good recipe for setting yourself up in the future. So that's, those are the five money mistakes that I would say to avoid as we step into 2023. Yeah, I really like that. And, you know, I agree that sometimes people get so caught up in the day to day and the things that they can do and, and see now and they forget about the, the planning piece or that they don't put as much importance on the planning piece for the future. They think I've got lots of time for that, mm -hmm. but we all know that the earlier you start saving for retirement or start, um, you know, setting up that, that emergency savings, the better you're going to be because we've got that thing called compound interest, which we've talked a lot exactly. about on the show, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So when it comes to moving forward financially, you also recommend that people focus on the 50-30-20 rule. So 50% needs, 30% wants, and 20% savings. So what can you tell us about this? Yeah, I think this is a great rule. So when we were just talking about what's coming in, what's going out, if you've done that assessment and you're looking at your monthly household uh, you know, spending, what I like to say is oftentimes people say, well, where should my money be going? Like, how do I, how do I allocate it? And the 50, 30, 20 is the best way to do it. So the 50% is of your net income per month should really be going to those fixed expenses. So those are the things that you absolutely need in order to survive. It's the, the mortgage payments, it's the, um, the, the gas, electricity, that should fall about 50% of your expenses. Um, the 30% of your income should be going to the wants. That's the discretionary income. Those are the things that make life fun. Um, I actually, in my coaching practice, put food into that discretionary uh, um, spending, uh, which we can touch upon in a, in a minute, but the last 20% is saving for your future self. So 20% can be quite high for somebody who isn't, hasn't really started investing or putting money aside for the future. So this 20% also includes, if you have debt payments, the 50% bucket is really the, um, uh, if you were to make minimum payments on whatever that debt would be, that would fall into the 50% because that is required in order for you to maintain that decent credit score. 
But then that remaining um, uh, accelerated payment on that debt payment would come out of that 20%. I hope that makes sense, Nancy, in terms of how I'm breaking it out. But 50-30-20 is really about prioritizing that first half of your net income coming in, going to those expenses that you really need to survive. 30% goes into the to the wants, and then 20% is, is the savings and, and investing in the future stuff. That's great. And it's so important for people, I think, to have a framework sometimes, especially if there's someone who hasn't been successful in budgeting in the past, right, to, to sort of have a way of looking at it. And I think it also comes into play, Stephanie, for people who are, are planning maybe the purchase of their first home or even purchasing, mm-hmm. you know, selling and, and buying a new home and looking at what your overall costs are going to be. Because we know that oftentimes banks will approve us for more than we can actually afford when we consider all the other expenses that we might have or the amount that we want to put away for savings and retirement. So I think looking at when you're purchasing a home and, and really figuring out, okay, what is that that total cost and is it more than 50%? I think that provides a good framework for people to be thinking about it. So yeah, when we yeah. come back, I want to talk with you about... Um, as people reflect on what they need to do for 2023 to make it the best yet. And you suggest there's five points to consider. So we're going to get into that when we come back. Please stay with us. Nutrition, exercise, keeping the cold at bay. Whatever keeps you feeling great, the Wellness and Healthy Lifestyle Show on your VOCM. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money. I'm your host, Nancy Snedden, licensed insolvency trustee with BDO Canada here in Newfoundland and Labrador. My guest today is Stephanie Wolf. She's a certified financial counselor, sought-after speaker, finance educator, and host of the podcast Collective Wealth. She's also the founder of Wolf Collective Wealth. So, Stephanie... We were talking before the break around, you know, that sort of 50, 30, 20 framework that people can use to evaluate their finances and put together a plan for 2023. And we know it's really important that they reflect on what they need to make 2023 the best financial year yet. So within your post, you suggest five points to consider. So let's talk about each of those. So the first one is prioritize yourself. You say, when you make time for you, you perform better, feel better and attract an abundance into your life. So why is that so important? Yeah, well, and yes, as we talk about, you know, the 50, 30, 20 and applying some of the the frameworks, our our life isn't, you know, built to be lived in a spreadsheet, (laughs) Excel document. (laughs) I know as much as I know you and I really enjoy living like that. But uh, but when we take a bigger step back and we take a look at the big picture and our life in total and. You know, money really is, is it's the underlying essence of everything in our life. And so it's really important that while we know it's important to focus on, on the finances, I think prioritization of, of yourself and what you're looking to achieve um, is really important as the first step moving into 2023. And that ties into when we were talking at the top of the show about the emotional connection to that one, you know, financial goal that you're really looking to achieve in order for you to actually get there, you need to, you know, make sure that you're taking care of yourself too, right? Like that's, that's very important. So I, I love to put that one as the first one. And I tell all my clients, make sure that you prioritize yourself first. <laughs> yeah. It's so important. Like, why are you, you know, working so hard if you're not, you know, doing things for, for you, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're, it's so, it's so, so important. And you're going to be, um, 
better off in the long run, I think, for sure. I agree with you. So point number two is find a new connection. Here you reference the saying that your net net worth is reflective of your network. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> well, and this comes back to you as well. If you're looking for growth and expansion, right, 2023, um, it, growth and expansion is really about that, that connecting with others. And I know networking can be sometimes difficult to do for some people, but, you know, think bigger. Think, um, think about, there's a saying that the top five people you surround yourself with, you are a reflection of the sum of those five people. And so, it, you know, 2023 might be uh, time to take stock. Like, who, who are you surrounded with? Uh, you know, is there somebody that you maybe admire from afar? How can you, you know, bring that person, maybe there's an opportunity for you to connect to that person in some way. Uh, LinkedIn is a fantastic tool for building your network. Um, but I think it's really important to think about, you know, who you're surrounded with and, and what you're looking to achieve in your life and perhaps going out there and, and finding new connections. Because I do think that um, it can be reflective of, of who you are as a person uh, and it will impact your finances in some way, shape or form. That's great. And so point number three, near and dear to my heart, destroy your debt. (laughs) So if you're carrying high interest debt or debt that keeps you up at night, it's really time to put a plan in place. And and you encourage followers to start the new year with a plan that will help them pay off their debt. And in this time of rising debt levels, right, people are actually taking on more debt right now in order Mm -hmm. to supplement their income with the rising cost of living. You know, is there advice that you can share with our audience about how they can destroy their debt? Oh my gosh. Well, this is, like you said, Nancy, this is your space. So I, <laughs> I do think it's important to definitely destroy that. So obviously my, my top three tips, I would say number one is, is really take a look at where the highest interest rate level of debt is, or perhaps maybe it's the highest amount that you're looking to tackle. I think it'll depend. There's some amazing calculators uh, online that people can look for in terms of um, paying off debt. And that would be the second point. Take a look and, and do some research, plug in the numbers and really see what the impact would be for, you know, making a decision for which debt you would like to destroy first. Uh, And then the third is to really be mindful of that uh, 50-30-20, what's coming in, what's going out, what can you allocate towards paying off that debt faster and more aggressively. Um, So I'll leave it there because I know that that you've probably talked about this um, and you've got some tips as well. Yeah, I mean, it's so important to, to put a plan in place. And that's that's the most important part, right? That you are actually putting a plan in place to actually pay down the debt. So there are a couple of methods that we've talked about on the show. You know, like you said, taking the highest interest debt first, because that's one mm-hmm. that's costing you the most. Um, paying the minimums on everything else and putting as much as you can on that one until it's paid down. For some people, they need the motivation of seeing progress. So for those, if that's you, then I would say take your smallest debt and pay that one down first because once you say oh i did it i've got that one done i can move on to the next one sometimes people need that motivation to to keep them going so it all depends on what works for you and of course if you need help putting a plan in place uh, that's what i'm here for so you know coming to see me doesn't mean that you're going to file a proposal or bankruptcy it might depending on your situation but always ha- happy to help people put a plan in place that they can tackle themselves right uh, to, mm-hmm. to get their debt paid down so point number four was increasing your income and we talked a little bit about that in the last segment and point number five is invest so the easiest way to build wealth is to have money work 
for you. And, you know, you really talk about the importance of investing. And so let's talk about that now. Like, what can you tell us about why that's so important? And maybe share some advice with our listeners about what they need to know and understand about investing. Mm -hmm. For sure. Thanks, Nancy. Well, investing is like one of my favorite topics to talk about because, you know, investing can be intimidating. Uh, especially if you're just starting out. Um, it's actually the premise of, of how my, my business uh, began. So uh, it's because we're not, we're not taught how to do it, and I would say the industry has done a pretty good job of making it seem complicated, but what gets me excited is that uh, in the last 10 years or so, we've seen technology collide with financial services, right? So this, this term fintech has really made it possible for anyone to invest and build wealth independently, okay? And this is like, this is a game changer. Uh, and it gets me really excited. So what was once exclusively, you know, for, for the very wealthy, now the masses can have access to participate. So before you jump into investing, um, I would just say there's actually three, well, a few things that I would call out to your listeners. Uh, the first one, investing is never guaranteed, right? So there is risk, uh, but there are ways to manage that risk. It's just understanding it. Um, never invest in what you don't understand. This is probably, I, I can't stress this one enough. If, if you don't understand the company, what it does, or, or how this investment product works, do not invest in it. And the third is to never invest more than you can afford. Um, and I say that because it's, we've also talked about this on the show is about, you know, being able to stay invested is super important. So you don't want to have to go back and pull money from your investment account. So the first thing I would say, if you're getting started and you're like, yes, 2023 is going to be the year that I start to invest. Um, I would say the easiest thing to do is to say, okay, what type of account do I want to open? So the two most basic ones in Canada are the tax-free savings account, the TFSA and the RRSP. So which one do you start with first? Uh, I like to use a, a general over-under rule. So if you earn more than, say, 60K a year, uh, I would say start with the RSP. But if you earn less than that, uh, maybe you're a student, uh, maybe 19, 20 years old, then maybe start with a TFSA. But neither one is wrong. So I'll just say that you can, you can definitely open both a TFSA and RSP and start investing in both, not a problem. Um, but that is just a, a general guideline uh, to start. So I would say that's yeah. probably the best way to get started. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's great. And of course, the importance of, you know, keeping that RRSP room available for when you're, you have a higher earning rate, because that'll give you mm -hmm. more tax advantages than when you have a lower income. And so using your TFSA, I, I really like that strategy. And I think that that uh, is important for people. You've also created a coaching program, the Investment Accelerator Wealth Circle and the Investing Foundations Formula. What can you tell us about those? Yeah, uh, well, both of the programs uh, that you mentioned, they include access to my proprietary course, which is called the Investment Accelerator. And this was really developed, um, like I said, out of the fact that my personal history before I started in financial services over 20 years ago was that I didn't know anything about investing. So I really learned it from, you know, I obviously took the Canadian Securities courses, et cetera, but I worked in an environment where I was um, uh, challenged to, to think about how the, an investor would actually read the material 
material. And so it was important for me to always simplify the message and make it as accessible as possible. So the, the program itself, the investment accelerator, is really six steps in this program, uh, which accompanies the coaching, and it has all of the, the tools and documents to help you really get clarity on your money and develop the skills that you need to really confidently build wealth through investing. I am like so passionate about this and about uh, <laughs> the growth and success of my clients and everyone who goes through it. They walk out completely empowered um, after 90 days and, and knowing exactly the steps they need to take in order to build their wealth. And they have the framework for building that financial plan year over year independently too, which is really important. Yeah, and no, I think it's great. So before we go to break, I'll just share with listeners. Stephanie does have eight rules for investing success. It's learn basic investing terms, understand taxes, know you pay, know what you pay in fees, automate your contributions, know your risk level, apply the power of compounding. We talked about that earlier. Compounding interest is amazing. Stick to your goals and interestingly enough, ignore the stock market. So we'll hear more from Stephanie on that when we come back. Please stay with us. Your VOCM mornings with Jerry Lynn Mackey and Ben Murphy, 530 to 9 a.m. weekdays on your VOCM. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money here on VOCM. I'm your host, Nancy Snedden, Licensed Insolvency Trustee with BDO Canada here in Newfoundland and Labrador. Of course, I'm joined today by Stephanie Wolf. She's a certified financial counselor, sought-after speaker, a finance educator, and host of the podcast Collective Wealth. She's also the founder of Wolf Collective Wealth. So, Stephanie, before the break, I talked about your eight rules of investing success. And we know that right now people are, are a little worried about investing because of the looming recession. So, what should listeners be paying attention to and considering during this time? Mm-hmm. Well, for starters, I will say that um, the stock market is cyclical uh, and that historically speaking, it's gone up over time. So that's the good news. Uh, it's something to think about, right, when you're just starting your investing journey, because yes, it can be. Um, it, it hasn't been a pleasant place to be in the past year at <laughs> the stock market. No. Uh, so <laughs> I would say what's really important for this, if you're a new investor, is to really take that long-term view, like 10 years or more. That's what I mean by long-term uh, on your investments. Because um, I think too often those who are just starting investing, they, they want to, not everybody, but I think there's some folks that you know want to get rich quick and they think they can maybe invest in something uh, that will make them money very quickly overnight um, but that's you know akin to like the day trading not not a long-term investor so my best advice is to really tune out the daily news right and focus instead on the fundamentals of what you've invested in because we know that volatility is expected um, you know and while it, it can be it can be devastating to see dips in those investments but panic selling is never a good idea so always focus on a long term no, I think it's so, so important. And, you know, getting advice, if you're worried about it, don't make rash decisions, right? Make sure you're talking it through with your investment advisor and, and getting the right advice. But there are some common mistakes, right, that investors make during uncertain times. So how can they avoid these mistakes? How can they? Okay, yeah. So, well, panic selling is definitely one of the biggest mistakes. Um, and it, it happens because we can get scared, right? You see all of your, your that hard work uh, and money, um, and you've got an emotional connection to that, right? So when it's deteriorating, it can be harmful. Um, actually, the one example I was thinking of is, is March 2020. That's where we saw a 30% decline over 22 days. And, 
you know, there was a lot of people that did sell at that time, but within weeks, the markets had rebounded. So those who panicked sold really lost out because they weren't really, they weren't able to get back in at, at those prices. Um, to, to avoid this, like you said, it's important to have a game plan, talk to your financial advisor for reassurance. And I, I Nancy, the same thing with setting financial goals, it's about really understanding what it is that you've invested in, that emotional connection to the future self and the why, why you're doing it to keep focused on, um, on the long term. Um, but I would just say it's, it's very important to keep that money invested if it was originally invested to align with what those investment goals were so that uh, you're not making any rash decisions. Yeah, you, you never want to do that when it comes to your finances, right? Rash decisions are something that you should definitely try to uh, avoid. So I want to go back to something you mentioned earlier about changing your behavior and mindset because you say mastering your money has little to do with math, but rather how you think about it. And you also know that our relationship with money is often driven by our inner belief system and that sometimes we need to release those beliefs. So let's talk more about this because the really key points that can hold you back when it comes to your financial well-being. Yeah, I'm happy that you brought this up, Nancy, because so much of our behavior and our relationship with money is really based upon our past experiences in life, which is why I was saying one of those things that you need to do is forgive yourself if there has been any past mistakes, right? Because that can hold you back from making changes in the future, right? So these are really, I like to just call them money stories, right? They're money stories that we tell ourselves. And these beliefs that we have are being reinforced every time that it happens, right? So we may not even be aware, uh, really, of what our money stories are, which can make it that much more difficult to achieve financial wellness. So what do I mean by this? So let's say, for example, that you're committed to staying on budget every month, right? You know you can do it because you have done your what's coming in, what's going out, cash flow review, right? Uh, You've got a plan set up. But at the end of each month, you discover that you have wildly overspent on yourself. And, you know, this can come back and in a couple of ways, shapes or forms. Why is this happening? So it could be that maybe as a child, your needs weren't met. So, you know, spending on yourself is a way to validate uh, that you're important. So another example might be um, perhaps you need to control all the money in your family, right? And it might be hard for you to allow others to help you out. So maybe this comes back to the fact that you had a, a parent who would take your money when you were a child. And this makes it difficult to trust others with your financial well well-being. So, the psychology of money is really interesting and the money stories and the belief systems we set up, it can, it's, it's not enough for us to cover in this segment. It's something I'm really interested in and something that I'm actually delving into right now. But releasing these money beliefs, it's like rewiring your money story. So really rewiring your money mindset and it takes practice. So the one thing that I'll say, if, if you find yourself getting stuck on something time and again when it comes to your money, First, the first step is just recognizing where or what that habit is, right? So identify it. And once you know what that habit is, the next time you find yourself in the moment, right, reinforcing this belief, um, maybe it's like spending on yourself, using that first example, stop in that moment, right? And catch that thought as it floats through your mind, stop it in the tracks. Now, this isn't easy uh, because you have to actually draw awareness to it, right? Uh, but it's super important. So once you do that, that's, that's the first step in, in starting that process towards changing that habit. I think it's great. And I know you work with people regularly on this, Stephanie. Like, do you have a success story, like something you can share with our listeners, like a real life example of where someone was able to change their mindset about, about money and get them on the right path? 
I have a lot of stories. <laughs> I have a lot of stories. Um, I, I don't, there isn't one in particular. What else, like, that, that comes to mind. But what I will say is that oftentimes when I'm working um, with my clients, you know, we, we always have that first session and say, what is it that we're really looking to change? And what actually unfolds over the course of 90 days through the one-on-one coaching, there's twists and turns and there's things that come to light where we recognize that perhaps there's patterns that um, they weren't even aware of themselves that, that came about. Um, on the other side of the coin, I have clients who are just uh, amazed because they didn't know what they didn't know. And so as they start to uncover um, you know, and work together both on the, the education component, but as well as the, the money mindset component, what really comes to life is, is pretty inspiring um, and, and mind-blowing. So I do have testimonials on, on my website, uh, which people can definitely check out because I have some really incredible clients who have put the work in and they come out better for it on the other side. That's great. And it, it is work, right? It's not something that is a quick fix or, you know, the flick of a switch and things will yeah. get better. It does take some I, work, but you know what? Anything worth having is worth putting the work in. So Exactly. I mean, I wish I could wave a magic wand, <laughs> but I can't. <Yeah. laughs> it does require work. That's right. People, yeah. Well, listen, you've had some really great advice for our listeners today, but we do have some time now for some final thoughts. So if you could leave our listeners with a final thought today, what would it be? Uh, I would say that just know that you can do it. You can change your money story. You can build generational wealth. Uh, I think 2023 is going to be difficult, no doubt, for some. But for those who are motivated, you can use this time to prepare for the future. And you are going to come out so much stronger on the other side. So my favorite thing is the more that you learn, the more you earn. So I encourage you to make 2023 the year of learning and focusing and prioritizing yourself and what it is that you want to achieve with your financial goals. And I know you can do it. That's what I'll leave them Yeah. No, absolutely. Like we said, knowledge is power. And you said something uh, just a minute ago, you know, you did, they didn't know what they didn't know. And, and a good friend of mine, Al Antle, he's the executive director of uh, Credit Counseling Newfoundland and Labrador. And he says that all the time, right? You don't know what you don't know. And mm-hmm. uh, it's so important to have that continuous learning, right? No matter what stage of life you're in or, you know, how comfortable you are with your overall finances or your financial knowledge, it's never, it, there's never a point where you should stop uh, stop that learning and stop getting advice and, and stop sort of revisiting things. So I really love that. So Stephanie, thanks again for joining me today and sharing all your advice with, uh, with listeners. But for those who would like to reach out to you, uh, maybe connect with you on social media or listen to your podcast, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, best way on Instagram is Wolf Collective Wealth. Um, Wolf with an E. Uh, Facebook, same, Wolf Collective Wealth. And uh, they can reach out to me there anytime. Um, and I encourage you to, to visit the website and, like I said, to take a look through and see. Uh, you can connect with me there, too, as well. That's great. Thanks again for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Nancy. And to our listeners out there, you know, I think it's been a great 2022 with your money. Really appreciate uh, you guys taking the time to listen every week and and really want to wish you the best of the holiday season and the very best for 2023. I really, truly want it to be the best year yet for all of us uh, from a financial standpoint. So remember, I do want to hear from you as well. If you have a comment or question or topic you'd like to discuss here on Your Money, you can email me at yourmoney at bdo.ca or give me a call at 800 566 
1-800-263-8337. Until next week, I'm Nancy Snedden. Stay safe and be well, everyone. If you have a question or comment, send an email to yourmoneyatbdo.ca. This has been Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, License Insolvency Trustees, on your VOCM.